0: Bismillah rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.
1: Hamdan yuafi ni'ama huwa yukaafi umazidah.
0: Allahumma laka alhamdu hatta tarzah, wala kalhamdu iza radit, wala kalhamdu badal rida. Subhanaka la an an'alayka anta kama athnayta ala nufsik. Allahumma salli wa sallim fi kuli lahzatin abada ala abdika al-Mustafa, Sayyidina Muhammad. وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين وأصحابه الغر الميامين ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدا إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم نوينا التعلم والتعليم والتذكر والتذكير والنفع والانتفاع والإفادة والاستفادة والحث على التمسك بكتاب الله وسنة رسوله ودعاء إلى الهدى والدلال على الخير ابتغاء وجه الله وَمَرْضَاتِهِ وَقُرْبِهِ وَثَوَابِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ رَبِّ اشرح لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسْرْ لِي أَمْرِي وَحْلُ الْعُقْدَةً مِّن لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي الحمد Alhamdulillah, welcome to everyone. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته It's a pleasure and an honour to continue in these weekend retreats with you all and for those who've come back uh, again It's nice to see you again, and for those who are here for the first time, and this is your first weekend retreat, uh, welcome, and we're very happy to have you, and we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it extremely uh, beneficial. So in this weekend retreat, uh, over the past many years, Shaykh Yahya began these weekend retreats looking at the books of Imam al-Ghazali from his magnum opus, Ihya Ulum al-Din starting from book 21, there's 40 books, and every weekend retreat uh, doing a summary or reflections on each of those books, leading up to the book that we're covering in this retreat, which is book number 36, the book of love, longing, intimacy, and contentment. And in this book, Imam al-Ghazali focuses on the spiritual virtue of love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and many topics related to it, which insha'Allah we'll try to cover as much as we can in this weekend, that are extremely important for anyone who wants to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for those who want to have the highest degrees of success. It's a really beautiful book because Imam al-Ghazali in this book, he presents us with a framework that is much needed in today's world. He presents us with an understanding of love and its place within Islam that uh, uh, everyone in in today's world needs to know about. That if Muslims knew more about, would be more committed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this deen. And if people outside of Islam knew more about, they would see the beauty within Islam and be interested. So it's a really profound book as we were preparing for this retreat. It actually was hard to prepare, because as I was reading with Shaykh Yahya, we would stop, and we would just go, oh, that's so beautiful. And we would just be so overwhelmed by Imam al-Ghazali's way to really bring this deen to life. Uh, so it was a beautiful experience, but we're like, we have to keep reading, we have to get through this material. But there are so many points where you just want to pause and really enjoy and soak up what Imam al-Ghazali is talking about. So inshallah in this introductory lesson, the first session, we're going to look at the merit of love. We're going to look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam introduce this idea of love in this religion to us. (coughs) So inshallah that's what we're going to look at and then we'll also look at some of the sayings of the salaf, of righteous predecessors uh, about the statements of love and the importance of love and how it was central to their experience of ubudiyah their experience of servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so imam al ghazali begins the book uh, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sending blessings upon the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam and then he says amma ba'd to proceed fa al ta ta'ala هِيَ الْغَايَةُ الْقُصْوَىٰ So, uh, uh, Imam Al-Ghazali, I don't know if everyone has had a chance to register, but inshallah you all will get this eventually. This statement that we're about to cover, that he brings in the introduction, is a statement that we want everyone to think about deeply. And we need to be reminded of it time and time again, that everything comes back to this. All of our understandings, all of the way that we conceptualize our deen, our ibadah, our dhikr, our salah, our sadaqah, our siyam. Everything that we do in this religion, we have to conceptualize from this framework that Imam al-Ghazali is going to present to us. فَإِنَّ الْمَحَبَّةَ لِلَّهِ تعالى هِيَ الْغَايَةُ مِنَ الْمَقَامَاتِ Love of Allah is the ultimate goal of spiritual stations. Love of Allah is the ultimate goal of spiritual statements. And it is the highest pinnacle of spiritual degrees. And then he continues. <coughs> illa wa huwa min and that there is no spiritual station after the attainment of love. Imam al-Ghazali is talking about that there is a progression on the spiritual path that leads one to higher degrees of nearness what are called stations. That all of those stations and degrees, they are related to love and it is the highest of them. So there is no spiritual statement station after the attainment of love except that uh, it is one of such as longing, shawq, intimacy, uns, which we're going to cover in this book, contentment, rida, and the like, except that it is one of its fruits and corresponding effects. Right? وَتَابِعٌ مِنْ, توا... من تَوَابِعِهَا وَالْأُنسِ وَأَخَوَاتِهَا وَلَا قَبْلَ مَقَامٌ إِلَّا وَهُوَ مقدمة مِنْ مُقَدِّمَاتِهَا And that there is no spiritual station before love, such as repentance and patience and detachment and all of the things that we've been talking about leading up to this point, except that it is a precursor to love. So love is the pinnacle. It is everything. So when we're trying to get to that station of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, everything that one experiences of repentance, of detachment, zuhud, of patience, of gratitude, of all of those things... They are pushing you in the direction, leading you to love. And everything that comes after love is one of the fruits of love. So you see that it is the utmost pinnacle and the ultimate goal of this deen. And that everything else revolves around it. As we're going to see, Imam al-Ghazali is really going to explain this for us. But this is the framework that we have to understand our deen through. This is the lens that we have to see everything through. Is that everything that we're doing leading up to that point of becoming beloved to Allah and loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pushing us there. And everything that is experienced after that is a fruit of that. So it really is the axis around which everything revolves. And then Imam al Ghazali continues on in the kind of prologue, the introduction talking about the breakdown of the chapters. We'll go straight into chapter 1, and he says, I'lam, anna ta, uh, ala anna ta'ala wa وسلم, That the Ummah, the entire Ummah has a consensus that love of Allah the Exalted and love of His Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم, is an obligation. Loving Allah and loving the Messenger وسلم, is an obligation. <coughs> there were some kind of scholarly debates at the time of saying, you know, can, is, is love really a part of religion? Or is it something that people just use as kind of some metaphorical thing? It's not really part of Islam. And Imam Al Ghazali said, loving Allah and loving his Messenger everyone is in agreement that that's an obligation. So how could you say that something is not uh, attainable and it's actually an obligation of religion? So he essentially takes care of that argument. And then he says something really amazing. Because even in Imam al-Ghazali's time, they would say that, no, no, love is obedience. They're equated. Love, you love Allah, you obey Him. You love the Messenger, you follow His Sunnah. And even in today's world, some people oversimplify the deen in that way. You want to talk about love, and they say, no, no, there's no love, just obey. You know, and everything else is a, a you know, a false claim. And Imam al-Ghazali is going to talk about that later. Is it possible to love and still have shortcomings? We'll talk about that. But the point here is that love and obedience are not one and the same. They're related, but they're not one and the same. So he says, How could you interpret love to be obedience? When obedience is a consequence, is a result of love and one of its fruits. It's beautiful. Does everyone get that? I want us I want to think about this because I wish I heard this sooner in my life. And Imam al-Ghazali wrote this 900 years ago, anhu. This is the framework that we need to have. This is the understanding so that everything makes sense and everything falls into its proper place. He says that obedience of Allah, is a result of love and one of its fruits. فَلَا وأن يتقدم الحب. So it is necessary that love comes first. It is necessary that love comes first. Imagine when we're teaching our children that we focus on these things that make them love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, love the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa love his family, love his companions. We talk about all of these things that just make them yearning from a young age. And then we teach them the way that we fulfill that love, the way that we honor that love, and the way that we attain Allah's love it's by fulfilling what He commanded us to do. Then everything starts to be beautiful and sweet. And then after that, when a person loves, they're going to obey. You know, it's when a person falls in love with someone, even on a human level, they want that person to be happy with them. It's natural. Which is why, you know, there's so many love songs that relate to how people talk about the extent they're willing to go to prove their love. That I would do anything to show you that I love you. That is a created being, and their love for a created being. But what about the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of? And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not made it an obligation upon us to go to these great extents, but that the way that we attain His love is through fulfilling His fara'it, fulfilling the obligations, living this deen. If you live this deen, if you follow the sunnah of the Prophet you become beloved to Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love for you is uncreated. It is completely above and beyond any kind of love that we can conceptualize for each other. Our love is limited and human. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he bestows his love on the servant, that's something entirely different. So this is the framework. Everything that we do, every act of ibadah, every ayah that we read, every dua that we make, it is seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love and out of love for him, jalla جل jalaluh. And then Imam al-Ghazali now shares the verses of the Qur'an. وَيَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ إِثْبَاتِ الْحُبِّ لِلَّهِ قَوْلُهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُّ يُحِبُّهُمْ And another proof that shows that love of Allah, uh, glorious and majestic, is part of this deen, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an about the people that He replaces those who turn their backs on this religion. He replaces them with قَوْمٍ يُحِبُّهُمْ he loves them and they love him. And it's also an indication, <coughs> it's also an indication that this was the quality that was missing. That for them to be replaced, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of all of the qualities that He could have mentioned. يتقونة, they have taqwa of him, Yahafuna, they fear him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have mentioned Positive qualities that we know are good in our deen. يخشونة. We know that uh, these are good things. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when replacing those people and bringing a people that have a quality that separates them and differentiates them from those who are replaced, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, wa yuhibbuna. He loves them and they love Him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Showing that the rank of love and how it encompasses everything that includes everything. وَقَوْلُهُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُوا حُبًّا لِلَّهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the disbelievers, they set up gods as equals to Allah and they love those idols with the love that is due to Allah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُوا حُبًّا لِلَّهِ And those who believe, they have even more intense love for Allah than those people have for their false gods. So it shows the intensity of love. This once again is a proof of love. And that there is love, and not only that there's love, there's degrees of love. Because they're more intense, they have a higher degree of love. So there are various degrees in that virtue that we're talking about. Now we'll move on to. The Ahadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he made the love of Allah a condition of Iman. It's a condition for true and full Iman. كثيرة, in many Ahadith, Ith qala Abu Razin al-Uqayli, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهُ Iman. Abu أَبُو al الْعُقَيْلِ He said, oh Messenger of Allah, what is Iman? What is Iman? And he said, صلى الله عليه وسلم أَن يَكُونَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْكَ مِمَّا سِوَاهُمَا That Allah and His Messenger are more beloved to you than everything else. Than everything other than them. That Allah and His Messenger are more beloved to you than everything else. That is kamal al-iman. That is perfect iman, and the fullness of iman. So we see that this love and iman, they go hand in hand. حديث آخر لا يؤمن العبد حتى أكون أحب إليه من أهله وماله والناس أجمعين The Prophet ﷺ says, a servant doesn't fully believe until I become, i.e., the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, more beloved to Him or her than His family, His wealth, and all people. Why? And this is important. This is another thing that people in the modern age have a hard time making sense of. When and Imam Al Ghazali, we're going to talk about this in more detail tomorrow, inshallah. Imam Al Ghazali says that loving the Prophet sallallahu is from the very essence of loving Allah because he is the one sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are not one and the same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is a created human being chosen and selected and sent by Allah and elevated and honored and refined and dignified but just as we love our two parents and we show them the utmost goodness for what they've done to us in the world, giving birth to us and raising us and taking care of us, that the Prophet sallallahu he is like a spiritual parent who guides us to the akhirah and who guides us to the way of salvation. So he's even more deserving sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and your iman increases in recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's beautiful names and attributes and what he is deserving of of absolute love and devotion and remembrance the more you have reverence for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the more everything honored and elevated by Allah becomes more honored and elevated in your heart so when your love for Allah increases and then you realize that the Prophet is his habib. He, Subhanahu wa Taala, chose the Prophet him as his greatest beloved. Then, as part of iman, you love the Prophet more than anything else of worldly things, more than any other person. Because as your ranks with Allah uh, increase and your nearness to Allah increases, your appreciation and your reverence for everything connected to Allah also multiplies and intensifies sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says once again in the Quran an a confirmation of the love of Allah and the love of his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. he says qul in kana aba'ukum wa abna'ukum wa ikhwanukum ila qawlihi ta'ala uhabba ilaykum min Allah wa rasulihi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Say if your fathers and your children and your brothers and your homes and your businesses and your wealth and your crops and your harvest, all of these worldly things are more beloved to you than Allah and His Messenger, then wait, wait and see what's going to happen. So Imam al-Ghazali says, إِنَّمَا أَجْرَ ذَلِكَ فِي مَعْرَضِ wal وَالْإِنكَارِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that the love of Allah and His Messenger is so important for your iman that if you don't love Allah and His Messenger more than all of these other things, your children, your parents, your wealth, everything that you're connected to in the dunya, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the result is going to be, and He leaves it open-ended, as a threat and a warning. In other words, what does that mean? It means that it is so important and central to your iman. That's what Imam al-Ghazali is teaching us and trying to convey. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Mahabba. The Prophet also commanded us to love. Love Allah for what He nourishes you with of blessings. Love Allah for what He nourishes you with of blessings. And Imam al-Haddad says, the fruit of the reflection of gratitude, when you reflect on your blessings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me this, and He gave me that, and you go deep into those blessings. When we were covering the book of gratitude and uh, uh, patience, that Imam al-Ghazali just went into the blessing of one grain of wheat. And what the whole entire ecosystem of processes that have to take place in order for you to eat that grain of wheat and for it to then be digested. That there needs to be a farmer and there needs to be these celestial bodies the sun and the the rain and the earth and all of these things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subjugated just for that thing to grow and then for that to be cut, and then for someone to grind it in a mill and a baker, and all of the tools that needed to get made in that entire process in order for them to make the bread, and so on and so forth. And then you eat it, and then how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you different types of teeth, some to bite and some to chew, and how He made your jaw move a little bit so that you could move the, uh, uh, the, the food around. And then when the food dries up your mouth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed underneath your tongue a spring that gives you just the right amount of moisture to be able to eat that and then it's digested and so on and so on, that's one blessing Imam al-Hadda says the fruit of thinking about Allah's blessings is that it increases you in the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this hadith indicates that love Allah for what he nourishes you with of blessings وَأَحِبُّونِي li hubbillah, And love me for Allah's love. That the Prophet wasallam is the beloved of Allah. He is the one chosen by Allah. He is the one selected and elevated by Allah. He is the one that on the day of resurrection, when all of the Prophets and Messengers will say, "Nefsi Nafsti لَسْتُ laha, lestu laha when everyone will run to them asking for intercession, they will all say, I am not the one who can bear this. I am not the one for this responsibility. And then when they come to Sayyiduna Muhammad ﷺ, he will say, "Ana laha. I am the one who will take this burden and take this task and responsibility. And that he ﷺ is the one whom Allah ta'ala said, وَمَا illa رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ we only sent you, O Prophet Muhammad, as a mercy to all of creation. Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And the remainder of the hadith says, wa bihubbi. And the Prophet says, there's another section, and love my family by my love. The family of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi sahbihi which is once again all these areas and degrees. And connections of love, loving Allah, loving His Prophet Sallallahu and loving that which is beloved to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam such as his Ahlul Bayt, his family and his descendants. Naam. We'll continue on. So how does this love take over? How does this love affect its people? You see the companions, radiallahu anhuma ardahum, what happened to them. And here's the thing, when you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we read these stories, we assume that, whoa, do I have to do all that in order to be a good Muslim? That's not what's being said. But that when a person attains the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, everything else pales in comparison. They're not, they don't, they don't feel like they're missing out on anything. We're in a different state. So, Sayyidina Umar says, "Nazara an-Nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ila Mus'ab ibn Umayr muqbilan wa alayhi ihab kabash, kabash So, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he saw Sayyidina Mus'ab ibn Umayr radiyallahu anhu arda, coming walking towards him from a distance. So, he saw him at a distance and he was coming his way, and Sayyidina Mus'ab ibn Umayr was wearing a sheepskin That's all he had to wear. He was just covering himself with a sheepskin, which is extremely modest and very humble. فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ أُنظُرُوا إِلَى هَذَا الرَّجُلُ الَّذِي قَدْ نَوَّرَ اللَّهُ قَلْبَهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Sahaba, Look at this man, the one whom Allah has illuminated his heart. Look at this man whom Allah has illuminated his heart. لقد رأيتُه بينَ والشراب. I used to see him with his two parents, and they would nourish him and take care of him with the finest foods and drinks. When he was in Mecca, he was from a very wealthy family, and he was very handsome and very. His parents took very good care of him. The nicest clothing. The nicest food, the nicest things to drink. So now, now that he's with the Prophet and he's left all of that aside, but look what the Prophet says. What is the reason? (coughs) He was led by his love of Allah and his Messenger to what you see before you. Has he missed out on anything? Are they saying that in a way where it's like, oh, remember when he used to have so much? No, no, no. They're not saying that at all. The Prophet says, "Look at what happens to someone when Allah places Nur in their heart. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala suffices them with His love." that they have everything they need in their connection to their Lord, Jalla جل Jalalo. that everything else pairs in comparison and they're not missing out on anything. Nice clothes, not nice clothes. There's a lot of people in the world, they're imprisoned by that. They're imprisoned by what they wear and how much it costs and what's the brand and what do people think. The one who Allah illuminates their heart and their love is Allah, they're free of all of that. You like what I wear, you don't like what my beloved I love Allah I am seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love I am seeking acceptance From the Lord of majesty I am seeking the one Who has the treasure troves Of the heavens and the earth And gives and nothing decreases From his giving subhanahu wa ta'ala Think I'm worried about Something so transient And something so lowly He has transcended that وَفِي الْخَبَرِ الْمَشْهُورِ This is beautiful. This also has to be understood in its proper place. And actually, inshallah, Shaykh Yahya tomorrow will cover uh, an aspect of this. So don't uh, jump to a conclusion too quickly and uh, actually just give it some thought. وَفِي الْخَبَرِ الْمَشْهُورِ In a famous narration, أنَّ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ قَالَ لِمَلَكِ الْمَوْتِ إِذْ جَاءَهُ لِقَبْضِ ruhi that Ibrahim alayhi salam, the khalil, the intimate friend of Allah, when the angel of death came to him to take his soul. So this is something that has to happen to the prophets and messengers alayhim salam So it has to happen. So the angel of death comes to them, but the angel of death seeks their permission first, unlike anyone else. We don't have a say in it. But in this case, the angel of death seeks their permission so he came to him to take his soul. And then Sayyidina Ibrahim, he asked the question, asking it to Allah. And he said, هَلْ رَأَيْتَ خَلِيلًا يُمِيتُ Khalila? Have you ever seen an intimate close friend make his close friend die? Is that the way that a close friend treats another close friend to make them die? فَأَوْحَ taala ilayhi. So Allah revealed to him, هل رايت محبا يكره لقاء حبيبه have you ever seen a lover hate to meet their beloved he said oh angel of death now take my soul in this very moment right. so you start to realize what love does and it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that we are uh, obsessed with death and we're negative and down, and we just talk about it in that way. No, no. But we realize that death is necessary, and if it's the step to meet Allah, then I want to meet Allah. And whatever it takes to get there is not that big of a deal. And Imam Al-Ghazali, once again, will talk about how the righteous people, they view that. They want to prepare as best as they can to meet Allah. So if we have time, I'm going to put that time to good use so that when the time comes, and it will definitely come, that it will be even better than it might be in this moment because I have prepared more good deeds for that meeting, meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is not found except in a servant who loves Allah with the entirety of his or her heart with the entirety of their heart. So if this person knows that death is the means by which they meet Allah, then their heart wants that in a sense. And then at that point, they have no other beloved that distracts them from Allah. They have no other beloved that distracts them from Allah. So you see this in the Sahaba anhum. You see this in many of the righteous of the ummah, that they uh, love to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is a hadith of the Prophet. Whoever loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet them. Whoever loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet them. Which is why they say if someone is on their deathbed and there really is nothing else they can do to change what they did in the past, they can't make amends, they can't, and a person is thinking about all of the things that they did, they say in that moment for all of your life, you, ha- you fly on the two wings of hope and fear. But they say at the end of life, when someone is at the brink of death, that you encourage them to have hope and that hope overwhelms fear. Why? Because they can't change the past. Fear helps us change bad things and prevents us from doing bad things. But that's, that opportunity is gone. But they say hope at that moment makes them love to meet Allah. And you want them to leave this world loving to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَدْ قَالَ نَبِيُّنَا sallallahu <laughs> اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِي دُعَائِهِ اللهم ارزقني حبك وحب من أحبك وحب ما يقربني إلى حبك واجعل حبك أحب إلي من الماء البارد Oh Allah, grant me your love and the love of whoever loves you and the love of everything that brings me closer to your love and make the love of you more beloved to me than cold water. In other words, when someone is parched and really thirsty, how it almost essentially restores you entirely, that the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is even more beloved to a person than that. The love of Allah, the love of those who love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the love of every action that brings us closer to His love, subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَجَاءَ أَعْرَابِيٌّ إِلَى النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فَقَالْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهُ A Bedouin man came to the Messenger of Allah and said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, when is the last hour, when is the day of judgment, when is the end of time? فَقَالَ مَا So it's beautiful, you see the way that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, the way that he teaches. He doesn't say to the person, that's the wrong question. He doesn't embarrass this man, but rather he redirects his question to what is more important than that. So he says, what have you prepared for it? It doesn't matter if it's today or tomorrow or a thousand years from now or five thousand years from now. It's coming. You know, and everything that is on its way to come is near in a manner of speaking. But what have you prepared for it? So look at what the man says. مَا أَعْدَدْتُ لَهَا كَثِيرَ صَلَاةٍ وَلَا صِيَامٍ I have not prepared a lot of prayer and fasting. He means in addition to the fara'id, in addition to the obligatory prayer and fasting. إِلَّا أَنِّي أُحِبُّ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ Except I love Allah and His Messenger. فَقَالَ لَهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ أَلْمَرْءُ مَعْ مَنْ أَحَبْ so the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said to him, a person is with whomever he loves or she loves. A person is with those they love. Qala Anasun, The narrator, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu, when they heard this from the Prophet ﷺ, فَمَا رَأَيْتُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَرِحُ بِشَيْءٍ بَعْدَ الْإِسْلَامِ bi بِذَالِكِ I never saw the Muslims be more happy than anything after the blessing of Islam than they were that day. Why? Because they knew that they loved Allah and His Messenger. They knew that they loved Allah and His Messenger. If I am going to be with the ones that I love, I know for certain, I know for certain that my prayer has shortcomings. I know for certain my akhlaq has shortcomings. I know for certain in fulfilling Allah's rights over me, I have shortcomings, but I know for certain that I love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I love the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that gave them a great degree of hope. That made them happy to hear that from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. وَقَالَ أَبُو بَكْرٍ الصَّدِّيقَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مَن مِنْ خَالِصِ مَحَبَّةِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلِّ شَغَلَهُ ذَلِكَ عَنْ طَلَبِ الدُّنْيَا Sayyidina Abu Bakr as siddiq And Sayyidina Abu Bakr, may Allah be well pleased with him, he is a model, he is an exemplar of the highest degrees of love and yearning. He, he is the imam in that sense, those who love the Prophet and love Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. He said, عنه, whoever tastes from the purity of the love of Allah, glorious and majestic, then that love will busy them from seeking the world. And it will make them feel estranged from all people. In other words, a person at that point when they taste the sweetness of it. And Imam al-Ghazali is introducing the topic to us. So we have to understand that there's a lot that we're going to say about this. But Imam al-Ghazali is saying that when, as we mentioned at the beginning, it is the ultimate goal of spiritual stations. Everything we're working towards is leading us there. And everything that we experience after that point is a fruit of it. So when, when Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq says that, when you taste the purity of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no other lowly desire that can ever compare. I'm gonna, I want people to give me money. I want people to be impressed with me. What do I want with people? When the Lord of creation, I have attained His love. I have tasted the love of Him subhanahu wa ta'ala all this is, all this is, it's not, nothing. It's like gold and dirt. Why am I going to busy myself with that when I have everything? So sometimes people say that and they say, oh, you know, it's so hard, it's so heavy just to leave everything in the dunya. That's because we have, we don't quite have the proper understanding and framework. When you taste that love, it is a natural consequence. It is a natural result. That everything else, everything that I've been chasing and how many things in this dunya, people chase it and it destroys them. And it puts them in an even darker place than where they were when they were seeking it in the first place. People seeking all different kinds of things to fill the void inside of them. And it's destroying their lives at various levels. Some of it could be at a less destructive level. Some of it is at a very destructive level where people go through all kinds of things and what is it that they're really seeking? They're seeking some sort of value. They're seeking some sort of meaning. And what Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa are telling us is that you have been created for love, not a worldly love, a love of Rabbul Izzah, the Lord of Majesty, the possessor of all beauty and majesty and perfection has created you to love Him. And there is nothing else that will fill that void inside of you like this. And this is the sweetest and the most beautiful and the most beneficial and the most uplifting thing that we could seek is to fulfill the meaning of our existence which is ubudiyya which is servitude. And in that servitude, we seek the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that. No high is ever going to compare to that. No fame is ever going to compare to that. This is what we're invited to. But the funny thing is, all we talk about is do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that, don't, 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 haram, 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 haram. And people are like, whoa, this is so hard. No, 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 no. If you knew what it is that you've been invited to seek, everything in between you and that is easy. Everything between you and that is easy. Say, so, oh, that, that's, what it, that's all it takes? That's all it takes for that? Sign me up. Shadu la ilaha illallah, Shadu Anna Muhammad Allāh. Bismillah. And then you see, as we're going to see, some of the most beautiful. Stories of the Salihin and their love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and how it changed their lives. <coughs> now, continuing on, وَقَالَ أَبُو سُلَيْمَانَ الدَّرَانِي إِنَّ مِنْ خَلْقِ اللَّهِ خَلْقًا مَا يَشْغَلُهُمُ الْجِنَانُ وَمَا فِيهَا مِنَ النَّعِينِ عَنْهُ فَكَيْفَ يَشْتَغِلُونَ عَنْهُ بِالدُّنْيا. This is beautiful, Sayyidna Imam Abu Suleiman Darani. He says. There are a particular group that Allah has created. The, jana, the paradise, paradise and all it contains of blessings does not distract them from Allah. So how could the dunya distract them from Allah? Jannah and everything it has doesn't distract them from Allah. So how could the dunya, this is the lowest level of existence, distract them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? نَفَرٍ I'll just translate this directly into English to save time. The Sayyidina Isa Alayhi Salam he passed by three groups of people. Uh, one group, he saw that they were uh, uh, extremely thin and their color had changed. So he asked them, what is it that has made you this way? What is it that caused you to go through all of this? So they said, Al fear of the fire. And Sayyidina Isa alayhi he said, uh, uh, it is befitting that Allah will protect people from what they are scared of, that Allah will grant you safety from that which you fear. So then he passed on and he saw another group of people who were even thinner and their, lone, their, their color had changed. He said, what is it that has caused you to change this way? And they said, ila al-Jannah," Yearning for paradise. So then Sayyidina Isa said, It is befitting that Allah will give you what you hope for. Then he came, he left them, and he came to a third group. And they were even more intensely emaciated, and their color had changed. And he said that their colors were, their faces were like mirrors from how much nur was emanating from them. So then he asked them, What is it that has caused you to be this way? And then they said, Nuhibbullah Azza wa Jal. We love Allah, glorious and majestic. And then Sayyidina Isa, he says, Antum al You are those who are brought near. You are the ones brought near. Right, so each category has its place. But the group that Sayyidina Isa السلام, praised are those. Who everything that they're doing, they're doing out of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because He is completely and absolutely deserving of it. Jalla jalalu. Wa an Sariya Saqati qal, Tuda al Umamu yawm al السَّلَامِ bi anbiya'ihim alayhimu salam. Fayyu qal, that Sayyidina Saqati, the, the uncle and Shaykh of Imam al Junaid, he said all of the different communities are called by their prophets. Upon them all be peace. So it will be said, O oh, community of Musa, O oh, community of Isa, O oh, community of Muhammad, except for the lovers. He said, except for the muhibbin, those who love Allah the Exalted, they will be called, Ya awliya Allah, halummu ila Allahi subhana, O awliya of Allah, hasten to Allah glorious and majestic. قُلُوبُهُمْ So their hearts, it's as if their hearts are about to burst out of happiness at meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. No. Haram ibn Hayyan, he said, The believer, if he or she knows his Lord, glorious and majestic, he loves him. And if he loves him, and if he loves him, he turns towards him. أَقْبَلَ and if he tastes the sweetness of turning to him, he will never look at the dunya through the lens of desire. And will not look at the akhirah uh, in a particular way, al fatra. How would you translate 'ain fatra Sayyidi? I definitely not. MashaAllah. عَيْنُ الْفَتْرَةِ, عين الفترة. Uh, لم ينظر إلى الْآخِرَةِ بِعَيْنِ الْفَتْرَةِ even the akhirah they're not distracted by the akhirah they're not distracted by the world through lowly desires and they're not distracted by just desiring the akhirah but they're desiring their lord dunya and that love that they have it imprisons them in the dunya and it comforts them in the akhirah so even when we say that the dunya is the prison of the believer oh uh, you know we hear it's like oh man uh, We're Muslims, it's always got to be doom and gloom and down in the dumps. The dunya is the prison, I guess we're in prison. No, 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 it's not like that. Your soul, like Imam al-Ghazali said in the poem that they found under his uh, pillow when he passed, he said your soul is like a bird and it's in the cage. Then when you meet Allah, your soul is free to ascend into higher and higher and higher degrees. So it's a prison in relation to what is to come. It's not just negative, but you're preparing for that. <clears throat> and it is a comfort in the akhirah. Naam. And we'll have one last quote, inshallah, and then uh, we'll, we'll close. Yahya ibn Mu'adh said, Allah's pardoning, it covers and drowns out all sins. So, what about His good pleasure? If Allah bestows His pardon upon you, it will wash away all sins. So how would it be if He bestows His Ridwan, His good pleasure upon you? And His good pleasure, it encompasses and overwhelms all of your highest hopes. So what would it be like if He bestows His love on you? al and his love, it overwhelms the intellects. So you cannot even comprehend it. It overwhelms you. So how will it be wood is another kind of love where that's that love that's expressed and manifest. And when he bestows his wood on you, it makes you forget everyone else but Allah. So how will it be if he bestows his gentleness upon you? All of these degrees of what we can seek with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَدْ And Imam Al-Ghazali ends saying, there are so many stories. There are innumerable of the stories of those who love. But really what people need to understand and what requires explanation is realizing its meaning. So let us work on that and busy ourselves with that. So inshallah, in the next session, Shaykh Yahya is going to talk about the true nature of love and other various aspects related to that. Uh, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the openings that He grants those who He gives the highest degrees of love we pray for you, and الله تعالى على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله for أجمعين والحمد we رب العالمين بسر أسرار الفاتحة.